In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. St. Paul actually was accused, falsely accused, with two things. Number one, he is not an apostle, because he did not see the Lord Jesus Christ during his ministry on earth. And number two, he is attacking the old covenant and attacking the tradition and the rules and the regulation of the law of Moses. And after he preached the word of God in Corinth, even some false teachers went to Corinth and started to cast doubt on the ministry of St. Paul. That's why he started by saying to them in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Do I need to explain to you who I am? He did it in 1 Corinthians. He explained and he defended his apostleship. And he, he explained his stand against the regulation of the law. That's why he told them, Do we need to begin again? to commend ourselves, or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letter of commendation from you? So he said, do you need a recommendation letter, like from Peter, John, James, to tell you, I am a true apostle? In reality, he said, in reality, you, I, if I want a recommendation letter, you should write it to me, or letter from you, letter of commendation from you. Because I serve it among you, and you witnessed my ministry, you witnessed my service. If anyone should write a recommendation letter, it should be you, to see and to witness who I am. And he said, let me explain why I said this. Because you are our epistle. You know, when you see, for example, the servants in this church, we can say, these servants are children of Abuna. So, you are the epistle of Abuna. When the people see your ministry and your zeal and your love, they will say, Abuna here, disciplined, good, very good servants. So, he's saying to them, you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Written in our hearts because a servant carries his children in his heart. So it's the same, your Sunday school class, the people will come and say, these are the children of so and so, they are the children of this servant. You know, your ministry will be known and read by everyone, but your class should be in your heart. You carry them in your heart. It is written, their names, their conditions, everything about them written in your heart, and you pray for them. And lest somebody misunderstood St. Paul that he is preaching himself, in verse 3 he explained, When I say you are our epistle, in reality you are the epistle of Christ. Because I am like pen in the hand of God. I am a tool in his hand. But in reality, you are the epistle of God. 
That's what he said in verse 3. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ. Ministered by us. We are just ministering. I am a pen in the hand of God. I am a tool in the hand of God. But you are the epistle of Christ. Written with this pen. Not with ink. But this by, by the spirit of the living God. So the Holy Spirit, through the ministry of the servant, when you serve your class, you are a tool in the hand of God. Through you, the Holy Spirit will write on the heart of the people. Like when Peter gave his sermon on the Feast of Pentecost. What happened? The Holy Spirit pierced the heart of the listeners. The word pierced means the Holy Spirit start to write on the heart of the listeners. It's not Peter, it's the Holy Spirit. That's why when they heard, they were pierced, they were cut into their hearts and said, what should we do? Peter told them, repent and be baptized for the promise is for you and for your children. So a faithful, wise, honest servant will be a good tool for the Holy Spirit use him in order to write the word of God on the heart of our children. And then he made a comparison, very beautiful comparison. God when in the old covenant, he gave the word on what? On two tablets of stone. Why? The two tablets of stone represent the hardness of the heart the hardness of the heart of the people before the new covenant. Let me explain it to you. If you have a piece of stone here, and then you know the word of God is like a sword, sharper than two-edged sword. So if you take a sword and you shoot it at a piece of stone, what will happen? The sword will be broken. But if you have a piece of flesh, and then you take the sword, and you shoot it at the piece of the flesh, it will pierce. In the Old Testament, because there was no grace, grace came on Jesus. There was no grace in the Old Covenant. That's why people's heart were hardened. So the word of God came on two tablets of stones, but it's broken. Nobody accepted the word of God. That's why when they asked the Lord Jesus Christ, but Moses allowed them to divorce their wives. The answer was because of the hardness of their heart. But in the new covenant, our heart actually is not hardened. Our heart should be uh, softened by the work of the Holy Spirit. As the Lord promised us, I will remove from you the heart of stone and I will give you heart of flesh. That's why he said, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh that is of heart. So the first difference between ministry in the Old Covenant and ministry in the New Covenant is in the Old Covenant you are speaking to people with hardened heart, stiff-necked. But in the Old Covenant, you are speaking with people who received the grace of the Holy Spirit. They have heart of flesh. That's the first difference. 
Then in verse 4 he said, And we have such trust through Christ toward God. Yes, we are sinners. We are weak. But we have confidence. Confidence through Jesus Christ. Confidence that will be successful in our ministry. I can do everything in Jesus Christ who strengthens me. So, a Sunday school servant should have this confidence that his ministry will be successful. Through the grace of God, he will be able to pierce the heart of people. Through the grace of God, he will be able to transform people and bring them back to Christ. We, we should have this confidence. But this confidence, as explained in verse 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. Our sufficiency is not in ourselves. I know I am weak. I am a sinner. I am nothing. But it is the grace of God. Our sufficiency is from God. So in your ministry, if you are going to rely on your abilities, your intelligence, your reading, your experience, I promise you, you will fail. I'm not belittling all these things. All these things are good if you rely on God. And these are tools you put them in the hand of God. And to know that your sufficiency is from God, not you are sufficient from yourself. God, in verse 6, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. And now he starts to compare between the service in the old covenant and the service in the new covenant. And see the privilege that we have to be servant of the new covenant. As I told you, number one, you are speaking to people in the old covenant with hardened heart. But in the new covenant, you are speaking to people whose heart is anointed by the Holy Spirit. Number two, second difference, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Unfortunately, this is one of the most misinterpreted verses. Many people use the letter kills, but the spirit uh, gives life. And they interpret it as, don't take the Bible literally, take it only spiritually. Don't take the commandment literally, but take it only spiritually. This is not the meaning of this verse. Let me explain the meaning of this verse. In the Old Testament, the commandment were letters on a stone. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not make false judgment or false accusation. And at the end, because there is no grace, I'm relying on myself. What happens? I will break the commandment. And if I break the commandment, you shall surely die. So that's what he is saying. In the old covenant, the commandment is letter. There is no spirit. There is no grace. And since we will not be able to keep the commandment, then we die. That's what he meant by the letter kills. But in the new covenant, when God gave us commandment, this commandment is anointed by the Holy Spirit. 
any commandment when God told us, love your enemy, turn the other cheek. This commandment is anointed by the Holy Spirit. Meaning what? Meaning when it enters my heart, it gives me the power to do it. I have the power to keep the commandment. And since I will keep the commandment with the power of the Spirit, I will not die. That's what he meant. Letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. That's the meaning of this verse. And this is actually the second difference in the ministry of the Old Covenant and the ministry of the New Covenant. In the Old Covenant, you give them letters. Don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do. And at the end, nobody was able. That's why everyone was under the sentence of this. The letter killed the people. In the New Commandment, in the New Covenant, the letter is not, the commandment is not just letters. The Word of God is powerful, sharper than two-edged sword. So it is not letter, it's the spirit. The word that I speak to you are spirit and life. So this spirit can transform me, can change me, can make me have life. So that's what that's the meaning of this verse. Letter kills, but spirit gives life. That's why he called the ministry of the Old Testament ministry of death. Ministry of death, why? I give you commandment, you will not do it, then you will be under the sentence of death. Can you imagine the big difference between you go to say to somebody, now there is an order or a ruling of execution for you, you will be dying. And a difference between you go to person who will be executed and you tell him, now you are free. The Lord Jesus took all your, uh, your sentence and he died instead of you. You're free. Which actually ministry will be motivating to you? To go to say to the people, you will die? Or to go and to say to, to, say to people under sentence of death, you will live? That's why the, the ministry of the New Covenant actually should be very motivating to us. In the Old Covenant, they say to the people, here is a commandment, you will not be able to do it, you will die. In the New Covenant, you are dead, but Jesus carried your sins. He died on your behalf. Now you are alive. Now you are resurrected. Now you will inherit the kingdom of God. There's another difference between the ministry of the Old Covenant and the ministry of the New Covenant. But in spite, it is a ministry of death, but God gave it to glory. Do you remember Moses when he descended from the mountain? His face was shining with glory. That's what St. Paul is saying in verse 7. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, were glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. So, yes, it's a glory, but this glory is passing away. It's like a glory of a candle in comparison to the glory of the sun. This glory, the candle will be quenched, but the sun will never be quenched. That's why he said, 
The ministry of death given in glory. Yes, this glory is weak and this glory will pass away. Verse 8, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? So, if this ministry, ministry of death, glorious, then actually the ministry of life will be exceedingly glorious. Like candle versus sun. Also, the ministry of the Old Covenant, he called it ministry of condemnation. I am condemned. Keep this commandment. You will not be able to do it. You are condemned. It's ministry of condemnation. But the ministry of New Covenant is called ministry of righteousness. Ministry of justification. Yes, I was condemned. But Jesus carried the curse instead of me. Jesus carried the sins instead of me. Now I became righteous in him. Now I became justified in him. Now all the sentences against me are dropped, are dismissed. Now I am righteous. That's why he said in verse 9, For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, then the ministry of righteousness, ministry of the new covenant, exceeds much more in glory. Exceeds much more in glory. That is the, the ministry that we are doing now. I want you to understand the glory of the ministry you are doing as a school servant. You are going preaching to people. You are righteous in Christ. You are free in Christ. There is no penalty of death on you. Christ died on your behalf. You, you can keep the commandment because it's a ministry of grace, ministry of spirit that gives life. Your heart is changed from heart of stone into heart of flesh. Verse 10, for even what was made glorious, what was made glorious is the covenant, the old covenant ministry. It was glorious, but now had no glory in this respect. Why? Because of the glory that excels. So can you imagine if you have a candle and then this candle is enlightened in darkness and then the sun shines, what will happen? the candle will disappear completely. That's exactly what he is saying. For even what was made glorious, what was made glorious is the ministry of the old covenant. It was glorious. But now had no glory in this respect. The candle, it's light. No, no one can see it in, in the light of the sun. Why has no glory now? Because of the glory that excels. So people who are attacking Paul, because he is speaking about the new covenant versus the old covenant. He tried to explain to them, yes, it was glorious, but now in the presence of the grace of God, there is no glory. He called this ministry in verse 11, it's a passing away ministry. For if what is passing away was glorious, alas, now there is no sacrifices, there is no temple, there is no purification. All this worship, all this ministry passed away. What remains is much more glorious. The ministry of the new covenant is much, much more glorious. So three things he mentioned why the ministry of new covenant 
is more glorious than the old covenant because number one it is ministry of condemnation and the, the new covenant ministry of righteousness number two it's ministry of death but this is ministry of life number three it is a passing away ministry but this ministry remains if we understand all of this then what a Sunday school servant definitely will be motivated will be like fire we will go and, and preach to the people I have good news for you you are not condemned you are righteous you will live Jesus took all your penalty Jesus died on your behalf enjoy rejoice in the Lord and I say always rejoice that's what he said in verse 11 therefore since we have such hope we use great boldness of speech now we, we we have this hope because of the grace of god in the ministry of the new covenant so we have boldness of speech i go and preach with boldness in the old covenant again another minister another difference unlike moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away so he said in the old covenant although it is ministry of condemnation it is ministry that's passing away ministry of this etc etc but even the children of israel they could not see the glory of this ministry the glory that's passing away the glory that is like a candle in darkness so can you imagine I live in darkness and somebody brought a candle to enlighten me but I used a veil to cover my eyes in order not to see the candle then definitely I am living in darkness how much when the sun rises, if I did not remove the, the veil I will be also in blindness that's what St. Paul is trying to say. That's why he explained verse 14. But their minds were blinded because of this veil. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. If you read the Old Testament without the veil, you can see Christ in it. But as long as you have this veil while you read the Old Testament, you cannot see Christ in it. You cannot see the sun in it. Even you cannot see the candle of Moses, the, the glory of Moses in it. There is a veil. But the good news, the veil is taken away in Christ. Those who believe in Christ, the veil will be removed. Like the man who was born blind. Now he can see. I was blind and now I can see. The veil is removed in Christ verse 15 but even to this day when Moses is read when they read the Old Testament a veil lies on their heart so do again do we have this veil in our life even in the new covenant are we blinded to the mystery of Christ are we blinded to his love and his work in us what blinds us when we are away from the Lord when there is separation, sin separates us from God. Non-repentance separates us from God. 
That's why do you want the veil to be removed? Verse 16. Nevertheless, when our when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Let's return to the Lord wholeheartedly. Not just by coming to the church or praying or reading the Bible, but to return to the Lord from all your heart, from all your mind, from all your power, from all your strength. Then the veil will be removed. Then your eyes will be opened. Then you can see the glory of God. Then you can see the glory of the new covenant ministry. And the good news is, now the Lord is spirit. The spirit that's working in his word and in the new covenant. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So, again, the ministry of the Old Testament ministry of slavery, the people became a slave to sin. The commandment could not set them free because it is letter on stones. But in the new covenant, it's a ministry of the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. In the Lord, I'm not a slave under sin. With the grace of God, I cannot say, I, I am not able to do it. No, you can do it. I can do all things in Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the last verse is beautiful verse. We who return to the Lord, we who live in the new covenant, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So now we see the glory of the Lord. But because we are still in the flesh and we don't see it eye to eye as when we go to heaven, then we see the glory of God as in mirror. Yes, your eyes are open. You will see the glory of God, but as in a mirror. As in a mirror. But when we go, as St. Paul said, we will see him face to face. What is the privilege of seeing the Lord and seeing the glory of the Lord? You know, when you, you stand in the sun for some time, you will get some tan. When you see the glory of the Lord, what will happen to you? Are being transformed into the same image. And the more you see the glory of the Lord, then from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we ourselves will be transformed, will be changed into the image of the Lord, into the likeness of the Lord. Every day will be changed from glory to glory, glory to glory. Ask yourself, am I transforming from glory to glory into this image, into this likeness? If not, maybe the veil is still there. But when we return to the Lord, the veil will be removed. Then when we see the Lord with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, image of Christ, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So, in this chapter, St. Paul explained to us how we are privileged to be ministers in the New Covenant. How the ministry of the New Covenant is a glorious ministry. It's a ministry of liberty, ministry of life, ministry of righteousness, ministry that's eternal and remain forever. And because we know this, 
we ourselves are transformed and also we become bold in preaching the word of God because we are carrying good news to ourselves and to others. You are redeemed. You are saved. You are not slave anymore. You are righteous. You are eligible to inherit the kingdom of God. You are the temple of God and the Holy Trinity abides in you. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.